Welcome to today's podcast, Hello Malversations. Keeping it real. Welcome, San Francisco Bay Area, to Hello Momversations, episode number three. We are the Bay Area Center for all things mom. SF Bam, as always, keeping it real. That's SanFranciscoMoms.com. Welcome to Hello Momversations, episode number three. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Olga Rosales Salinas. So, what is SFBAM? We are the community of local writers and contributors to SanFranciscoMoms.com. I'm your managing editor on that platform, so visit us at SanFranciscoMoms.com for more information about this podcast or about becoming a contributing writer for SFBAM. But enough about me. We have quite a show for you today. We'll be talking about Mother's Day or Mother's Month, as I like to call it, as well as Mental Health Awareness Month. That is also in May, and I don't think that's a coincidence. But before I get into all of that, let me introduce you to our co-host for today, Joey Fortman. How are you, Joey? Hi. Happy almost Mom's Day. You're right. It's Mom's Month. We deserve a whole month. Mom's Month. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the entire SFM community by reading your bio here, and I'm going to hope that I get it right. After 20 years in radio, Joey Fortman dropped her headphones for a diaper bag and did not look back. Until recently, Joey was one of the top five morning shows in San Francisco on 96.5 Coit. You could say, like many other moms in the Bay Area, Joey joined the She Sessions because she didn't have the flexibility to care for kids in crisis. After leaving radio for the first time in 2008, Joey built Real Mom Media and Reality Moms. Real Mom Media is an influencer marketing agency. As a reformed mommy blogger, Joey has worked on campaigns all over the world. She has been a parenting and lifestyle contributor as a travel, tech, and toy expert on many national, local, traditional media outlets. Shows like The Today Show, Dr. Oz, The Talk, Good Morning America, Fox Philly, KPIX in San Francisco, and hundreds more. Reality Moms is a global community of women that includes over 250 contributors who share the good, the bad, and the funny parts of parenting. You can reach her on all her social media handles on Joey Fortman. Say hello, Joey. Hi. I, this is exciting to have all these moms in one place, you know? No kids. <laughs> no kids. No kids. Mine's are, mine are in the background. They might be popping in and out, but for now, they're not joining us. That's real now in media. You, yes. you know, we've seen that. It's like the that's why I started Real Mom Media is because back then I wanted to pull back the curtain. So it's really nice to be able to have these real conversations with you guys. I know that uh, we have a lot to talk about. Our show is really meaty today. So um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, Michelle Corley Wing, who's a contributing writer for SF Bam, um, because she's going to be joining us and asking questions of our interviewee as well. Uh, Michelle Corley Wing is a certified yoga educator, internationally recognized leader for mindfulness and mental health and wellness. She has been writing for SFM for three years. Hello, Michelle. 
Hey there, Olga. Hey there, Joey. It's so <laughs> great exciting. to be here. Yeah, I'm like, let's um, get on. Yes. You got me uh, thinking about fitness, and I'm like, uh, what did I eat this morning? Not. Really <laughs> <laughs> I know. I it's, it's that whole mindfulness thing. It's like, wait, what did I eat? What did I do? What did I not do? What do I need to do? It's just, you know, it's all there. So I have a question for you, Michelle. Did you wake up and meditate today? Is that how you open your mornings? I did. Yeah, I do. Wow. Even if it's just what I call a mindful minute, take it, own it. If it's in your bathroom, that's fine too. <laughs> but uh, yes, I do. Uh, I do have a mindful minute and I go for 10 every morning and wow. every night. Yeah, that's so impressive. I, I feel yeah. like I had one calm moment and then I started yelling at my kids to get into the shower and mm. then it feels like it cancels that out. And I don't know if that's every mom's experience, but that was my morning. Michelle, there are a lot of highs and lows in this process. Yes. Okay, so scrolling in the bathroom through Facebook, is that a mindful minute? <laughs> no, oh, that is not. That's a scrolling minute. <laughs> so, yeah, the mindful minute is, I can explain it later if we want. If you're really curious, I can I can dig into that with you. But um, it only takes one minute, so it's very accessible. Well, I know that you've written a lot of articles about uh, mindfulness and your yoga practice and it's kids yoga on SFM. So if any of our listeners are interested, please go to sanfranciscomoms.com and you'll find Michelle there with all of her content. Um, I do want to acknowledge that uh, Joey and Michelle and our interviewee, Tracy, we're, uh, we're a community of, of women and writers who care about mental health and mental health awareness and that's what our show is about today. So I want to go ahead and introduce Tracy. Uh, Tracy is a content and partnership manager for Darkness to Light, a nonprofit whose mission is to equip and empower adults to build safe environments that protect children from sexual abuse. She has also spent the last decade teaching adults about, about adverse childhood experiences, trauma, and how to build resilience in children. Tracy and her family moved to the Bay Area from North Virginia four years ago. Say hello, Tracy. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your work? I can. Um, well, I'm here today, too, because I was in Olga's Shoes not too long ago as the managing editor of um, SF BAM. And it was, um, you know, kind of speaking of mental health, it was therapeutic for me, um, you know, that kind of that writing process and I kind of found my voice and a way to express myself and um, my journey with my teens because I am a mom to a 15-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter and I needed an outlet <laughs> um, other than, um, you know, maybe some other unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, so I turned to writing and found SFBAM and my first piece was actually related to my work at Darkness to Light. Um, and it was how um, talking to our kids about, you know, safety from, um, child, uh, from child sexual abuse, you know, and, and how talking about sex is, you know, is a safety component. And so it just kind of snowballed then into into that. And I wrote a really powerful piece about my daughter's journey from self-harm um, when she was in middle school. Um, and then most recently, I've done a whole series with the California Partners Project on um, the influence of social media 
and just um, digital, anything digital and technology and how that really um, can impair teens' mental health and how, you know, what we need to do as parents to kind of um, turn it around and what we can do to, um, you know, prevent a decline in mental health and what we can do to advocate for positive mental health and get help for our kids. So, um, you know, the past four years for me being here in the Bay Area has really been a focus on that mental health journey, um, especially for my teens as I've lived it. And um, yeah, and so it's it's been that through writing um, and I have toured the country doing a lot of national um, conferences on adverse childhood experiences, trauma and resiliency. I actually just um, came back from a conference on Friday at um, the California Association on the Education of Young Children. Um, and I had a packed conference session. Actually, I walked out of the hour and a half conference session and on the little board, they had clipped a sign and it said, session full and it was standing room only so I know there was over a hundred people in the session um and that was a pretty cool amazing feeling to know that you know these educators all wanted to hear about um what I had to say and so um any chance I get such as this to talk about you know mental health and um you know, any issue, I'm going to find that platform and I'm going to talk about it because it's really important. Well, we appreciate very much having you here. It is a really important month to be talking about mental health awareness and um, especially with teens. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But I wanted to give space here for Joey to jump on and maybe have a few questions and and comments with you about um, everything about the month. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because this is why I left my job is that, um, you know, I, I, the first I started this job a week at Coit. It was a week before the pandemic. And the first year I was gone because you know how it is. You start a new job and you want to stay focused. And then the second year when he or the first year when he went to school, when my I have a 13 year old, almost 14, when he went to school, it was I completely ignored what was going on. It was just I mean, I think we were all in survival mode in that fall. And I came to realize before I would sign the second year was that I have to have flexibility because I felt like I left my kids down. And, you know, this last, I guess, contract negotiation, I was like, I'm out. I can't do this if you're not going to give me flexibility because this was a big deal. And I know that my son won't see this. I love that we're all like, do we call them out? But yeah, he won't see it or hear it. But um, it was extremely hard for me because he started to do self-harm and then he got really skinny. And I was like, what is going on here? And, you know, I picked up his TikTok, started scrolling through it. And I saw the um, insurrection and I saw all these things that our kids should not have been privy to see. Because imagine that when we were kids growing up, seeing the war and all those things, you know. So for my question for you really would be, like, how do you, how do you recognize that there is something serious happening with your teenager that has to be a, a, addressed? And then at what point do you go, okay, I need a therapist for this because I can't answer all these questions. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you, I think parents do beat themselves up because they, they do feel like I missed the signs. It's, you know, it's over, it's helpless. But 
but it's not, um, you know, if any time, um, you know, you know, your child the best. And so you, you just do have to be aware. You do have to ask those tough questions. You, you do have to, um, look where you maybe don't want to look. You do have to look at their phone. You do have to ask for the password if you don't know it. You do need to um, go into their room when they're at school, you know, if they are in school and log on to their computer and look through their search history. You need to, um, you know, look at any doodles, look at the trash can. You know, you kind of have to Hmm. do a little snooping around if they're not open with you and you have to be diligent about it too. You can't just do it once and, you know, ask a question and say, Oh, how was your day? And, you know, they're like, fine. You can't, you can't take that. You have to be very persistent, I guess, too, is, is part of the equation as well. And look for some of those telltale signs, you know, are they covering their arms? You know, is it that, that kind of that self-harm thing, you know, where they maybe never have done it before. Um, or if, you know, you're doing laundry and there is blood in, you know, on their sheets, you know, where maybe you would know that, um, you know, if it's not a daughter where maybe they were menstruating and, you know, and if it's a son, like, why, why would that be there? Um, Gosh, this parenting in a pandemic thing is so hard. I it's know. So I know. Like, it geez. is. It My is. mom's like, oh, you have to do this. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm I going know, through. <laughs> well, and, but you've got the opposite too. You've got some kids who, um, uh, they maybe aren't withdrawn or become withdrawn or do, um, self-harming activities or, um, you know, kind of change their demeanor. They, they might be too perfect. They might be the kids that are completely stressed out, um, have to get straight A's have to be involved in everything, um, you know, and so those kids during the pandemic too, you know, when that was all ripped away, you know, they, yes, they may have been withdrawn, but they may have been doing other things, um, you know, to kind of seek out that those social aspects that um, they weren't getting. So they may have been looking more on social media. They may have been, you know, sneaking out of the house or, you know, you, you just do, you had uh, it was it was tough. It two the two years of the pandemic was tough, and and I really think um, and when I go around to the different conferences that I that I speak at, we're going to see um, what's called it's pandemic trauma. We're going to have um, you know in 10, 20, 30 years, we're going to see the results of. Um, pandemic trauma, and it's going to be a historical, what's called historical or generational trauma, where, um, you know, is similar to um, slavery, um, similar to the Holocaust, similar to, um, you know, people who have lived through um, wars, you know, when they've experienced this generational trauma um, it, and I know I'm getting way into the science here, but it, it, this, it, it's, um, it's epigenetic It physically changes the genet- their genetics and it gets passed down to the generations. So our kids have, their genetics have changed as a result of this, 
of this um, pandemic trauma because it has been a traumatic experience. But again, that's like, that's like another show, another day getting way, way too involved. No, but, I think that's, um, uh, that's really relevant. It, it is. About. And it's, it's, a, it's a completely fascinating um, science that is, that is really just coming out because it, it affects then um, if they don't deal with the trauma of what they've gone through and the mental health issues that they've experienced, then they're going to be more susceptible to substance abuse and um, other poor health outcomes. And that is just going to get passed down from generation to generation. And again, if that doesn't get dealt with, then you kind of get those cycles of abuse and that cycles of mental health. And, you know, if you're not dealing with it, you're not talking about it and you're not getting help, then you're just perpetuating everything. And I think one good thing to come out of the pandemic is the increased discussion and awareness of mental health and the need for mental health supports, the need for, um, and the fact that kids were in such social isolation. And um, so. I think it's really important to note that, that the conversation about mental health recently hasn't just been about kids. It's been about mothering and parenting kids. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. been a really nice turn. Like, um, and I think that's why mental health awareness is in mother's month mm -hmm. <laughs> because um, we're all experiencing this and we're all finally talking about it. And it seems to be one running dialogue. So um, I, thank you so much for everything that you've shared and, and uh, the conversation that you're bringing to the platform today. I know Michelle had something she wanted to ask. Yeah, I mean, I I had so many thoughts happening as we were just uh, <laughs> kind of unpacking some. I put you on majors. the spot, but <laughs> yeah. And so, I guess the question that I would ask, or the thing that you know I am often dealing with, is you know building skill sets for for managing uh, all health, mental health, physical health, emotional health. So. What skill sets are, uh, are both of you kind of seeing in your work that are required for kids, mothers, families as a whole to not just discuss, but to actually practice? And what does that look like? Well, they, they really need to have um, not only like a set of res resiliency skills, right? So we might not be able to... Um, they need to be able to buffer these traumas that are happening to them. So, you know, if there is um, abuse in the home, if there's mental health issues within themselves or they're living with a parent or a caregiver or someone who's dealing with mental health, they have to be um, mental health issues. They have to be able to, um, you know, have the resiliency to kind of bounce back from some of that. And that could be, you know, some of your expertise, Michelle, of that, that um, that uh, meditation, that mindfulness, um, that yoga, that that being able to center themselves and to be able to find a way to um, handle, um, you know, the stress and the adversity and deal with it in that way. Um, but they also then need to be able to develop skills to be um, empathetic towards others. Um, to be able to um, handle, you know, the perspectives of um, 
stress levels and know what is, um, you know, what is positive stress, you know, what is toxic stress and, and, and handle that. They need to be able to have positive relationships with other and, and have those social skills. So I think that's why we see an increase more and more in our school settings of, you know, social emotional learning and, you know, character education. It always was interesting to me because I was a, a teacher and an elementary principal once upon a time, a lifetime ago, it seems like, and I was like, why are we teaching character education in school? You know, it, this many people are like, this is something that, you know, should be taught at home. But it's like, no, a lot of kids aren't necessarily getting this at home or it needs to be done in conjunction in a school setting. So there's a lot of value to it. And a lot of schools are using that social, emotional. And so there does need to be this mind-body balance to kind of help negate, um, you know, all of this negative stuff and to be able to have tools to help deal with all of the mental, um, you know, turmoil and, and things that are going on in these poor kids' lives. Um, or, and, and, and anyone, I mean, I know, you know, my focus has been on kids and in teens and that's what I write about because that's, you know, what's in the forefront of my mind, but, you know, ma- you know, it's May, it's, it's, you know, Mother's Day and we're talking about, you know, Mother's Month, you know, moms need to be able to handle it. Dads need to be able to handle it. There's a lot of stress that parents were going through during the pandemic. Well- yeah, I mean, everybody needs these skills and yeah. you, you can't learn them if they aren't modeled for you. That's right. So right. that's just yep. the end of it. So when you're talking about the snowball of, of doom, which is kind of what I'm hearing, snowball you know, when you, when you talk about the snowball of doom, you have to be able to know how to break that ice down. Mm-hmm. And you need to have leaders in your home, in your classrooms, and in your sports, in your kids' activities to know how to do exactly that. And so you're absolutely right. I mean, you're really validating what I do because we have a high five method that is exactly that. It's so that this just becomes part of your everyday so that you've got the confidence, the resilience, and the joy that you mm-hmm. need to combat the snowball of doom. Yep, absolutely. Um, I definitely appreciate this so much. It's so meaty. Um, I want to take a little break here um, and give a shout out to our sponsors. But I, when we come back, I want to talk about a very current event, Johnny Depp and Amber Hearst's relationship. Not because um, it's the most important thing going on, but I think there's a lot of themes in the trial and, and especially the way that Amber Hearst is being treated by the media that it is relevant to this conversation and is relevant to Mother's Month and to women in general. So we will be right back. SF BAM, Bay Area, always keeping it real. Child Safety Pledge is a platform that gives parents and caregivers the tools to keep their children safe. Join caregivers across the country who have signed the Child Safety Pledge and are creating a world where kids never experience danger, harm, or abuse. Take the pledge to protect children at childsafetypledge.org. Welcome back, San Francisco Bay Area moms. As I was keeping it real at SFBAM, we are here with Michelle Wing, Joey Fortman, and Tracy Leonard talking about uh, mental health awareness and uh, Mother's Month. 
which is the month of May. So thank you so much for joining us and for coming back after a commercial break. I wanted to go ahead and start the conversation about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard um, trial. I think it affects us all as women, as mothers, as conscious adults of mental health and uh, mental well-being. Um, watching this unfold um, online, essentially, because I don't have cable network <laughs> TV, but watching it unfold online has been um, both traumatizing and um, infuriating, uh, not only because I, I have always been a fan of Johnny Depp, but um, because of the negative response that Amber has gotten. Um, she is being sued by Johnny Depp because of an op-ed piece that she wrote. And as writers, um, as uh, a managing editor and uh, as writers here at SFBAM, Michelle and Tracy, like we have to consider that not everything is content and there will be pushback um, when you write about relationships, um, especially if your spouse is in the public space and a famous person, <laughs> um, their, their actions and their, um, the way that they contribute in your personal relationship is that open for the rest of the world to see is that um content that's available for everyone else so i i think that that was why i picked up on the story that's why i think it's important for us as a community to talk about um i know joey you had a different set of, of thoughts on it um will you share with us your opinion on this case well just to be clear from the beginning i i was raped when i was 13 years old I couldn't talk to my mom because she's an evangelical Christian. I knew that if I did, it was it, it was going to be bad. And you know, when you when you're being projected abstinence and then something happens, it was just really hard. So I just stuffed it in there. Well, I had a baby and my entire insides exploded. Obviously, we know what happens, but at that point I was able to recognize, wait, this is some trauma coming up from when I was young. And I told my mom about it. And, you know, as this whole abortion thing is unfolding across the country and, you know, I'm from the Midwest, California is incredible in regards to mental health and taking it serious. And, you know, my son has a teach a woman that's a counselor and like the things she teaches him, I'm like, why didn't I learn that growing up? Maybe I wouldn't have banged my head so many times without a safety helmet. Um, <laughs> but going through all of that, I come to realize, you know, watching this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. There is a sense of me that feels bad for Johnny Depp for the fact that, you know, number one, he just was canceled right away, no matter what. And it wasn't even about, and I, I think this cancel culture has gone too far personally, but I also think that bringing the awareness of it and putting it out there, it opens up conversations. Do I think that Amber Heard deserves to be heard? Yes, absolutely. She should be able to write about it. But I also think that as a woman of trauma, knowing that Johnny Depp has had his own trauma, that oftentimes people like that grow up to not have a true reflection of how they should be as humans. And if they didn't grow up in, if they grew up in a place where my, like mine, where my mom was like therapist or quacks, that they would, if they grew up in a way that they would understand mental health, I know that the world would be a different place. I always say, if we were all given one free therapy session, imagine what kind of world that we would have it's in true. that process. It's true. Um, we should start a campaign on that, a GoFundMe, so that everybody, every single person, even the ones who claim are normal or don't come from a trauma space, they all need therapy. Everyone needs therapy. <laughs> I do see Amber Heard throw, being thrown all over the internet very negatively. But I, you know, normally, but if you look back on it, Johnny Depp was too. So it's kind of like this position of what do you believe in their, in their, you know, deposition and the things that they're doing right now? I think it's just, I'm glad we're having the conversation. 
Michelle, do you, what are your thoughts on, are you um, coming from a space of a uh, Johnny Depp fan here or? You know, this one's tough. Um, they're all tough because first of all, we all have trauma. The human experience is traumatic, end of topic. And then you're talking about the scale of trauma. So where are you off the charts or where are you, you know, able to manage your experience? And, and there's a spectrum there. And, you know, as Joey just shared and, you know, stuffing it down is temporary. Uh, it's temporary. Um, and then it's going to volcanic eruption at some point in your life. And that's why a lot of people have the midlife crisis, right? So this whole idea of stuffing is the part that's ineffective. Um, and as far as this particular case goes, you know, I really, I have a lot of compassion. I have a lot of compassion for both parties. I have a lot of compassion for the situation. I have a lot of compassion for a kind of a voracious public that just can't wait to be like, rawr, 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 no matter what it is, right? It's like, here's some meat and you just, rawr, 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 and here and here we go. And we go for division and we go for separation and we go for sides. I just don't think that's where the solutions live. I really think that they live in the middle. I think they live in the heart um, of being heard, of being seen, of, of feeling a sense of belonging and frankly, safety and love. And I know that those are the top five needs that pretty much every action that we take is motivated by. Um, and so when you come aware of why you do what you do you can be more mindful about what your outcomes are. So I'm being a little bit neutral here because I feel a little bit neutral here. I, I think that, that there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And what I definitely know is that there are people who are hurt and there are people who need to heal. Mm. That's what I see. Mm. I totally agree with you. And I, I think um, I might be wrong, but they don't have kids, right? Mm -mm. No. He does. And that's, Never. Yeah. I think oh, he that's does. probably... Okay. He does? He's got he to not yeah, not together. That's probably the only thing that I would think of is like, are the kids watching the trauma? Because they clearly have a very tumultuous relationship, and they, um, if the kids have been around that, then that's another layer of um, of heaviness wow. in my heart because mm -hmm. that's how I, I grew up in a in a very um, unsafe home, and so I I always felt like I needed to. Um, look for safety. And that's something that I work on with my therapist. Thank you very much. Um, but also just like if these, if these two grown adults, um, who with all the means in the world can't, can't figure it out, you know, like there's, that's there's the gotta be, yeah, there's gotta it cuts be across cool. all circumstances. Yeah. yeah. All like socioeconomic classes. Yeah. So yeah. it's, um, it's something to think about when we're reading these headlines or even scrolling past them in our one minute yeah. meditation in the morning. Um, we're thinking, like, we're thinking, you know, do I click on this or do I ignore it and give these both of these people grace in this situation, or do I jump in on a on a comment thread and and you know give my support towards Amber? Because I honestly like when I think about this and and the negative feedback that she's gotten, I think I think of how hard it is for women to come forward. Um, in any situation that would be traumatizing. It's almost like you're re-traumatizing yourself on purpose and then you're opening it up online in a public space or in court um, and you you have to be so vulnerable and you you really just are, you're putting a big target on your back and I, I don't think that any woman anywhere does that 
on purpose. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I started my blog because of that. Like, that was, it was 2008. And I was going through postpartum depression and I like was going to explode on the inside because I lived in Philly and knew no one. And when I started it, it was like when people started to recognize like, wow, there's more to this postpartum thing than anything. I mean, I, I upset a lot of people because of it because I told my truth. And now I think that the world is a little more open to that, which is a positive piece to all of it. it totally is positive. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take another uh, little break, little commercial break. Uh, we have amazing sponsors who keep keep us going. So two seconds. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. SFM, as always, keeping it real. SanFranciscoMoms.com. San Francisco Bay Area Moms 2022 Summer Camp Guide presented by Camp Half-Blood is your family's ultimate guide to summer camps and programs all around the San Francisco Bay Area. There's something for every kid. Visit us at SanFranciscoMoms.com for more information. Welcome back to San Francisco Bay Area Moms. Hello, Momversation, episode number two, SFM, as always, keeping it real. We just had a great conversation about Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard. And I think that uh, if you missed it, go back. <laughs> go back to the podcast and listen to it. It was really, really good. But I want to take it back to Tracy and all of her great advice that she was giving us at the opening of the show, which had to do with mental health, uh, mental health awareness for teenagers and um, as mothers keeping our teens safe and best, best practices on safety. Um, I want a listicle I live on listicles. If you if you follow any of my content online, um, I write tons of listicles. I think it's a it's a great way to get some points. Maybe even get a printout going. Something you can staple on the refrigerator door. The a first question. I'm I'm very not stable. Not stable. <laughs> um, one of the one of the questions that I have for you, Tracy, and I'll start, and then I'm going to hand it over to Michelle and to Joey to ask their own questions. But um, I'm really far away. I'm like 10 years from having a teenager, but I I can see in my six year old um, emotional turmoil that I can't answer and I can't really help. I have to just like sit and help him process. And I can only Mm -hmm. imagine that when he becomes a teenager, that's going to get harder. So I guess my question for you and part of my contribution to your listicle would be um, how early do we start therapy? Um, How often? Because I know that's going to mean if it's a regular part of my life, it's going to be a regular part uh, of my kid's life. So um, how early would you recommend it? And um, how often, I guess. Um, It's really going to depend on the child um, and why you think they need it. And um, my daughter, when she was three, was diagnosed on the autism spectrum and had her first evaluation with a child psychologist and was diagnosed PDD NOS, persuasive. I can't remember developmental something, not otherwise specific, like all these acronyms, you know, from the diagnostics to um, DSM-4. So she had her first four, four, um, foray into it at age three and was on medication. So she was kind of already in that. Um, but then she got early intervention services at school. So like for her, that is, that's all she needed. She didn't need the therapist. She just needed some, some, a little extra help at school, mainly to help with some social situations. Cause for her, that's what she was having trouble navigating. It was kind of the peer to peer stuff, which was what she was really struggling with. And which I think can be 
the real source of a lot of angst for, and for some of this mental health issues. A lot of it comes from the peer stuff, the bullying, um, a lot of that. So I think if you advocate for your child at school and you really see what services are available and what they do to kind of help that and you look out for um, what their friendships are like at school and what is available, you don't know that you really need to, you know, get them on the couch per se, you know, at such an early age. Um, you know, there's something to be said for letting kids be kids, letting them explore on their own, um, letting them try some activities, letting them find their independence, giving them the, the skills like, you know, Michelle's yoga, that meditation, like helping them find some of those other ways to cope. You know, yeah, we need a little help navigating. But again, that's where you get some of that, um, you know, help at school, help from the pediatrician you know, use those services that are already available to you. Um, you know, try a group therapy or a play group therapy session first, rather than maybe just trying, you know, that one-on-one -on -one real intensive stuff, unless you've got some really severe um, behavioral kind of issues. But sometimes that group therapy and those group skills um, are probably a little bit more valuable than the one-on-one. -on -one. My son has that at his school. And literally when I moved here, I was like, oh my gosh, like they have friend groups where they get to learn to how to react together. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, but they don't do that all over the country. No, they don't. You're right. They don't. And there's a lot of benefit to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just having those peer groups, learning um, some social skills. Some kids just, they need a little help. They need a little guidance and they do better. Um, honestly, some of them do better when it's not mom and dad. Yeah. Know. That's absolutely true. They, they need that other adult mm -hmm. figure, that other trusted adult. Um, you know, you always hear, oh, they were fine for me, you know, like from the babysitter or somebody else, you know, but, you know, they act up for mom and dad. But if you, you know, can have that other, you know, so putting them in those other social situations, it's probably what they need rather than necessarily a therapist. But there is, you know, there is, therapy for children, um, for sure. So don't discount that by, you know, by any means. Yeah, I'll just save money for therapy. My husband can do the college. It'll all work out in the end. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Actually, those are, those are two smart funds. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's a very, those are, that's, yeah. that's clever uh, financial planning. That's right. Yeah. Financial planner ought to <laughs> be with well, us. Until you buy a house that. in the Bay Area. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it's over. Yeah. You don't exactly. have money for anything. <laughs> you know, Tracy, I was thinking about what you said. And it. I think this, what I felt was, this is why early education matters. This is why universal preschool, you know, matters. Yeah. Imagine sending your child to kindergarten and that's the first time that they've really been, you know, socialized. And, yeah. and yet, you know, we are, not everyone has access to childcare and preschool. So when you say how early does this start, I have to say, I'm seeing it as early as two, you know, mm -hmm. as er like from the very beginning. And 
I will also say in the experience that I have working with children for the last 16 years directly in multiple environments from the highest privilege to, you know, the most challenged environments, um, we all have the same developmental milestones. We all have the same kinds of um, energies in common. We all are learning how to regulate those energies. And that starts from day one. Regulating starts from day one. And if you don't learn to do it along the way, uh, you are going to be severely challenged until you figure it out. And so this could go all the way into your 50s or an entire lifetime where some people just never figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to just say there's a correlation between toddlers and teenagers. Developmentally, they are the same people. <laughs> yeah, no, it just, you know, developmentally, they're the same people um, because they're, they're, the, they're the kid who wants to be able to do it on their own, but they don't quite have the skill set or sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. It's a very frustrating period. And so notice your toddler. And remember, if you have teenagers, remember what your toddler was like and and make those connections, make those correlations, because you're going to experience as a parent, as a mother, you're going to experience that same type of energy again, which means you get a second chance. Yeah. Yay for second chances. Yay. All right, so um, <laughs> that's just something that I've, I've noticed. And it's never too late. To your point, Tracy, it's never too late. You are here on this planet as a human being to learn and to heal and it is never too late to begin that process um, and to continue it with whatever resources you need. I love what you said, Tracy, about, you know, the school, the pediatricians, you know, we are a community and we are designed to, and the group of mothers that is SFBAM yep. is, you know, really important to be able to share your truth to your point, Joey, and really feel supported because this is real. Yeah, it really, it really is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Joey, do you have a question to add for her listicle? I'm just thinking, I'm like, it's not a matter of like, they want that toy now. It's like now they want the money to buy the video game. You know, like it's when you talk about the correlation to the toddler, I always say to them, you're acting like a toddler right now, you know, and it's probably, again, the therapy is going to be needed. But there are moments where I'm like, I don't really, who, who are you? I didn't make that. I didn't like pick up your dirty underwear. I don't care. Just pick it up. Um, you know, I guess my question would be, Tracy, is like, first off, what's a listicle? But also, if you were to put something, if, I'm, I'm guessing it's like a list of things. Yes, you, it's a list. Of- <laughs> you talk about the list of being a bad mom or the list of here's how you can do better. <laughs> like a list of, list, you know, like a list of things. I, don't know. I like it. <laughs> I like it, Joey. What do you think, Tracy? Is there like, is there, I don't even know what I just said. I was so like, thanks. The number one thing on your list that you think we should look for or how we should respond when we find things that aren't perfect with our teams. Yeah. Yes. Not, they're not going to be perfect, but things no, are they're not. Perfect. They're not. And I think the biggest thing is to not be judgmental and to come at it with an open heart and an open mind and open ears. And, and just to listen, because if, you know, like, you know, picking up the socks, you know, like not to get angry over the little things. Even though you've said it 200 times? Even though you've said it 200 times, because you want them to keep coming back to you. So that if it's a big thing, like uh, wreck the car, or I'm in trouble, or I really need help, that they're going to come to you because they're not going to feel shamed. They're not going to feel like they're going to get yelled at. 
that they know they can continue to come to you. I so, have a lot of work to do. It is. Yeah. I was going to say, Tracy, that is a tall ASS order. Am yeah. I allowed to say that? So, yeah. you know, it is. You're absolutely right. This is, is a game of, of listening and responding it's, versus reacting. And, and that some, is the yeah. whole purpose of, uh-huh. of practicing any type of mindfulness is so that you can actually make better decisions. And sometimes so it that, means... I can't talk right now. Yep. I need to, I need to leave the room, but um, give me a minute. I'll be right back. And you mm. get yourself together. Or sometimes it means you um, divert your eyes so you don't have to look, look at them <laughs> so that they don't see your face. They don't see you cry. They don't see you angry. Uh, you know, so there's some little tricks. That's why conversations in the car are good because you have to focus on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, they might not look at you or you don't have to have the eye contact. My nose, because I break out in hives. They're like, oh, you're mad. Yeah, that's, your telltale. that's your telltale. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like the new turning red, that's, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's that monster. <laughs> but you do, you've, you've just, you've got to have, you've got to give yourself grace and you've got to give them grace. Because yeah. if, you, if you shut them out and shut them down, then that's it. And you continue to do that. When they really need you, you'll be there, but they're not going to come to you. They're going to go to somebody else. They're going to go to the peer who is maybe the bad influence, the, um, you know, an adult who is maybe a a bad influence, or they're going to seek out a connection on social media that is not a good connection, or uh, they're going to find somebody to fill that space. That used to be you, but it is is no longer you, and um, you don't want that. And it it hurts, and um, you know you kind of have to live with with that a little bit. But I tell you what, that living with that hurt for <laughs> their teens, they get over it pretty relatively quickly. Honestly, um, you know you you might have to live with it for a couple days, but, um, they'll come around, you make them their favorite dinner, you know, you maybe do a little laundry for them or you do a little something and, you know, I'll call you. You can send me the invoice after. I'll call you in 10 years when I'm ready for that. I need some help. (laughs) I'm in hives. What are we doing? What do we do? (laughs) I don't want the hives. I need a coach. I need a parent coach. Uh, It's tough. It is. It's all really, really tough. I think this. But it's is, uh, worth it. It's worth yes. It is worth it. Our jobs as mothers is worth it, and it is so, so important. And I think you touched on something that we can wrap the show up with, which is um, have grace. Don't judge your kids. <laughs> Let don't them be the. Don't judge yourself. Um, and I think that that could be tied into our Johnny Depp and Amber Heard conversation as well. Like we don't know what what happened between their in their marriage. We don't know, but I, I will say this. Um, there are a lot of trauma uh, triggers in the news media right now. And as women and what's happening with the Supreme Court, there are a lot of things that we might be scrolling through. And if you have to pick one, <laughs> the Johnny Depp one is much better than what's happening in, in the rest of the country. So if you must, but 
If you can, please give yourself grace all throughout Mother's Month and mental health awareness. Uh, grace for your kids, grace for yourself, grace for your spouse and your friends and anyone who needs a shoulder this month. Reach out and give them all a hug because we all are all deserving of it. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Joey, do you want to say anything about your first experience as a co-host? No, I love it. I'm really glad you guys have this community. And I hope that, you know, if you need more real moms, go to realitymoms.rocks and we get down to the truth of the torture. All right. That's a great, great tagline. I love that. Tracy, do you have anything to say to our community um, as we sign off here? No, just, uh, just be there for each other. And, um, you know, if you need help, ask, there's no shame in asking for help, whether it's for your mental health, whether it's a question, whether it's um, for your marriage, <laughs> whether it's, does this make me look bad? <laughs> just, <laughs> just ask, you know, ask for help. That's what we need to do. Ask. I love, I love that so much. Thank you so much for being here, Tracy. We appreciate all your content so much. Michelle, do you have anything to add and maybe to uh, say to our community, our listeners? Well, I just want to say thanks everyone for a great conversation. Thanks for this community and um, be kind, honestly. Be kind. I'm going to add that to our tag for the show. Uh, Be kind. San Francisco Bay Area Moms, thank you all for joining us for Hello Conversations, episode number three. Be back in June. We'll have episode number four and we'll continue being on the train of starting our first podcast at SanFranciscoMoms.com, SF Bay Area Moms, SF BAM, keeping it real. Thank you all, ladies. Have a great month, Mother's Month and Mental Health Awareness Month. Thank you. Thank you.